Brian Barnett is just a regular guy. He's not a doctor. He has no legal license in any field of mental or emotional health. Brian Barnett merely shares the insights he's gained from his personal experiences for anybody who may choose to use such information as he or she personally chooses, while accepting full responsibility for his or her own individual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and actions. Brian Barnett assumes no responsibility whatsoever for anybody's individual choice to expose himself or herself to any information that Brian Barnett shares. And by listening to this program, you're acknowledging that you, and only you, are responsible for your own thoughts, feelings, and actions. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome back to The Last Symptom. I'm Brian Barnett, the creator and host of The Last Symptom. Very happy to have you here with me this week. Got some pretty good things to talk about. I know I say that every week, but it's true. Every week, we have some really nice things to talk about. Before we get into our discussions today, let me tell you about thelastsymptom.com. That's my website for free resources, and I would love for you to take advantage of those free resources. I'm a one-man show, so um, updates to those resources have been kind of lax, but I'm getting around to it. I'm getting around to addressing all you folks who are signed up there at thelastsymptom.com to get notices from me and uh, so you can be expecting something in the mail in the not too distant future another thing i want to tell you is that i've been making a, a massive update to the youtube channel and eventually this will extend to the rumble channel as well but the youtube channel the last symptom youtube channel has always uh, been missing about a a season and a half of the last symptom podcast and the reason for that is that i don't think that I really established the channel until about a, a season and a half into my work here with The Last Symptom. So that season and a half has always been missing. So what I'm currently doing is I'm in the process of going through and um, re-editing all of the old original episodes of this podcast to take out some of the the information that no longer that's no longer up to date. You know, I've Back in those days, I mentioned websites and services and stuff like that that just no longer exist. So I wanted to take all those references out so that new listeners coming along wouldn't be confused or lost or anything like that. And then direct everybody to the the, the appropriate places, the appropriate current places. So I'm doing that. It's coming right along. So the YouTube channel, for the first time ever, now will have every single episode that I currently make available in the bank so if you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel might be something you want to do uh, of course YouTube is not where I'm putting all I'm not putting all my eggs in the YouTube basket because I don't trust them I think that at any time if the things I talk about were to become politicized that they would they would uh, censor me or they'd lock me out of my channel or I, I could just lose years and decades of work an investment just overnight so um, the place I'm encouraging everybody to subscribe to for sure is rumble on the rumble channel that way if anything ever goes south uh, on YouTube I'll still be able to reach you and communicate with you and stuff like that you'll still be able to 
take advantage of the of the resources that I offer. Recently, I got a voicemail or no, voicemail. Recently, I got a uh, an email offering me to try out. I just got a notice on my screen there that that <laughs> that I don't want to talk about, but I got a notice on my screen about something in the news. It was interesting to me, but it's not doesn't have anything to do with us here. So I got a a, a uh, an email offering me to try this service, uh, a voice messaging service for the last symptom. I went into it. I explored around a little bit. I said, "Yeah, this could be a good thing." So I've signed up a free account for it, and um, it's called Telbe, T-E-L-B-E-E. And uh, what w- it allows me to do, it allows me to provide a link at thelastsymptom.com. And then you listeners, if you would like to uh, leave me a voice message that I could feature here on the show and respond to, I can do that now. So the link is not yet available on thelastsymptom.com. I'm hoping to get that done before the weekend's over. But um, you know, between the time you hear this I mean, if you don't hear this on the day that it's published, you might as well run over to thelastsymptom.com and see if I've got that link up yet. I would love for uh, just you guys to use the heck out of that. Just remember that if you leave a voice message for me, that that gives me permission to play that for the show and respond to it and talk about it and that sort of thing. So just kind of keep that in mind. I think the limit for the, this free service is it's like 15 second messages or something like that. You know, 15 seconds doesn't seem like a lot, but leaving a 15 second message, you can get a lot into a 15 second message. So what I would just recommend is just sit down, figure out what you want to say to me, what you would like me to respond to, iron it out then leave the message and you know if you if you use the service and you tell me hey Brian let's talk about this and that and then you leave me another message saying you know what forget it I'll respect your wishes so I'm not going to take advantage of uh, mistakes and blunders and stuff like that if I think that a person doesn't want wouldn't want it to be played all right Last announcement, Locals, thelastsymptom.locals.com. That's our online community. Why don't you join us there? We'd love to have you. Today's topics, the wheel of shame. That's what I've typically called it. But I think I'm going to go to calling it the the merry-go-round of shame. You know, you ever go to like a kid's park and see the merry-go-rounds there? Maybe you've pushed your kids on a merry-go-round. So it's a it's a disc. It's got the bars so the kids can hold on to the bars. And what is needed to get that thing going? Well, usually if you got kids, the parents are like, Daddy, push me. Daddy, push me. So you, you get that thing twirling, right? You got to twirl that thing. And in order for it to keep up its momentum, you or somebody has got to keep grabbing a hold of that thing and giving it a whirl. So... I've always talked about the wheel of shame as being a wheel, but I think I like talking about it even better as a as a merry-go-round, like at a like at a kids park, because it works the same way. 
you might find this useful for breaking free of the wheel of shame and you might find it useful for analyzing when you you get into the the merry-go-round of shame because you know it's so important to to recognize when that's happening because at any time you can get off that's that's the beautiful thing about it at any time you can get off so let's talk about how the merry-go-round of shame works how you get off and how you get started on something that I like to call well I've been calling it the wheel of positivity but I think we're, we're going to start calling it the merry-go-round of positivity because it works the same way it's just better for you so earlier this week I was talking to somebody who said that it was kind of a breakthrough realization for him when he was listening to one of the episodes of this show that when in this type of recovery whenever you stumble and you fall there's no such thing as going back you can't you don't go back or you know lose ground in this work because this the very nature of this work is education learning and understanding and insight so once you've learned something you 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 can't unlearn it once you've had a an insight you can't forget what you now know so in the past i've told people that yeah you can you can fall down and you can just stay there in place but it's not like you're imagining where well i stumbled i fell and and all my progress just went out the window so now i'm kind of starting back at square one that that can't happen not in an education setting you know when the 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 whole work itself involves education it's like me waking up one morning and forgetting that two plus two is four you know something i learned what in in first grade maybe maybe before that once i learned it i i saw it i realized how it works and operates it's just stuck with me it's a part of me now so even if i do terrible in algebra it's not like my math skills are diminishing right it, as i study math i can only progress i can't uh diminish I'm, I'm trying to find the word my brain is not working tonight by the way folks i i don't know if you've noticed but this is i'm not kidding you this is the fifth time i've sat down to record this and i just i can't seem to get anything right tonight um and it might be because for two weeks now i've not sat down and provided new material so it's kind of like a cold engine you know on a winter night cold diesel engine on a on a cold winter night gotta get that thing moving heat heat it up a little bit before it it'll operate right so just bear with me we'll get through this so that is the nature of this type of recovery work it's like learning the language or learning math or something like that but once you see it once you learn it once you got the insight and you know how it operates then you, it's part of you so you can still have bad days you can still have bad moments you can still and it's not that you can you're gonna you're gonna have bad moments you're gonna fail you're gonna have bad days and stuff like that 
but you can't diminish you can't go backwards you can't lose ground the the only thing that can happen the worst that can happen is that you can fail and fall down and just stay there in place but even if you do that you're still further ahead than you were the month before you're just not continuing to progress if you if you stay in place so this was kind of a big revelation for the feller that I was that that heard that episode of the show and he communicated that to me and I explained to him that this idea you know this thing that we do when we're starting out in recovery of imagining ourselves when we fail as falling further back than where we were we do that because we're used to the merry-go-round of shame we're used to that to spinning that thing and keeping that thing going and here's how it works think about I'd like you to imagine the merry-go-round on the children's park right let's say that you already dislike yourself so there's the thought gosh I'm such an idiot or I I really dislike myself that's you grabbing a hold of the merry-go-round with you on it by the way and giving that thing a shove so it starts moving remember what I said has to happen when you take your kids to the park and you you got them on the merry-go-round one shove doesn't do it you know how this works one shove gets the thing going but it starts to slow down right almost immediately and no matter how hard you shove that thing within just a few seconds it starts to slow down pretty dramatically well that's what happens on the merry-go-round of shame and the merry-go-round of positivity it has to it has to keep getting shoves in order for it to work so you dislike yourself this has gotten the merry-go-round of shame started it's like the first initial oof push then because you dislike yourself you don't feel like you deserve anything good in life that's like the next push oof right now you you're keeping the the merry-go-round of shame going since you don't deserve anything good in life you're angry that's the next shove you see how each thing is keeping this this merry-go-round moving it's not just one thing or just a bunch of things that work independently they all work to maintain this spinning merry-go-round so you're angry and since you're angry you might as well treat somebody really poorly that's the sh- that's the next shove merry merry-go-round's really moving now but now that you've mistreated somebody who didn't deserve to be mistreated because you were angry now you dislike yourself even more that's the next shove and you do you see how now that because we've come all the way back around now to how the whole thing started how did the whole thing start it started by you not liking yourself so now that we've come all the way back around to where you've started the thing is self-sufficient now it'll go like that forever isn't that interesting you will keep repeating that cycle over and over again not liking yourself gives birth to things that you're not going to that's going to cause you to not like yourself more 
through a series of things which all bring you back to well now I, I dislike myself even more now it is self self-operating self-sufficient self uh perpetual it just keeps going that's the merry-go-round of shame i might have a different example here for you okay here's here's another one here's another example of the merry-go-round of shame you say to yourself let's say you you know you're trying to get in good on this recovery work so you say to yourself you know what because i hate myself i want to try to improve myself you've just grabbed a hold of the bars of that merry-go-round of shame and you've just given it a spin because even though you're doing a good thing you know there is nothing there's no way you can say well a person trying to improve himself is a bad thing but listen again to how you started it because I hate myself I want to try to improve myself so you're already starting off on a negative foot so you've already given that merry-go-round of shame a spin but your thought goes on when I try to improve myself it always seems like one step forward two steps back that's the next shove on that merry-go-round of negativity or the merry-go-round of shame you can call it however you'd like because it's one step forward and two steps back what that means is that I'm failing shove that's the next shove and you're keeping that momentum going and you're not only just keeping it going you're actually increasing the momentum you know think about like the father at the park shoving the merry-go-round the first shove just gets it going the next shoves really increase the speed don't they really increase the uh, the perpetual motion so because it's one step uh, forward but two steps back I'm failing shove now I'm further back than when I started shove I'm never going to get to where I'm trying to go shove I'm exhausted it's all pointless I might as well give up shove now that I've given up I hate myself even more shove now the thing has circled all the way back to the to the origin of the the of how the thing all started in the beginning so it's now self self-sufficient there's a word there's a term I'm, I'm missing um, but you know it's it's a perpetual self-feeding thing so instead of thinking about this work as something you want to do because you hate yourself why don't you get off that that merry-go-round of negativity or the merry-go-round of shame you can get off the the merry-go-round of shame anytime you want and the only thing that it requires it, the only thing that it takes to disrupt that perpetual self-feeding thing is to refuse to believe the negative and reinterpret the situation through a positive filter so here's how that looks like this is how you stop before the the merry-go-round of shame even gets started and you step up onto the merry-go-round of positivity which is good for you 
looks like this. I don't like myself. Well, maybe, maybe I don't. But I'm learning to change that. See what happened? You just broke free from the wheel of shame or the, the merry-go-round of shame. And you've given the first light shove to the wheel or the merry-go-round of positivity. Since I'm learning to change, since I'm learning to go from not liking myself to liking myself, that's going to take some time. Shove. Now, now you're getting that thing moving. So I need to be patient with myself. Shove. Whoops, I just made a mistake. But I have to allow for mistakes. Shove. And now the wheel of positivity keeps rolling and rolling forward. Oh, and guess what else happens? You start to like yourself. We all have a choice about whether or not we're going to stay on and ride the merry-go-round of negativity, or you can call it the the merry-go-round of shame, or if we're going to get off that. We're going to interrupt that by refusing to feed into the negative thoughts and uh, instead get on the wheel or the merry-go-round of positivity and get that thing moving instead. So there's two things here. We're talking about one, this merry-go-round of shame compared to the merry-go-round of positivity. But the second thing we're talking about is your perspective of what it is you're doing and why right out of the gate. Instead of thinking about this work as something that you want to do because you hate yourself, right? I hate myself, so I got, I want to fix myself. Instead of thinking that way, which is, it's the first, it's a first huge shove to the negative uh, merry-go-round. Instead of doing that, change how you choose to think about it. Instead, think, because I care about myself, I want to improve myself. You might, at this point, not truly and fully love yourself or even know how to do that. But you can care for yourself. You know, there are a lot of people in my life I wouldn't say I love, but I do care for, I do care about. So even if that's beyond your reach at this point to truly love yourself, it's not a stretch for you to say, well, but I can care for myself. I can care for myself and I want to love myself. So let's start the merry-go-round of positivity that way. I'm doing this because I really care about myself. I care for myself and I want to love myself rather than I can't stand myself. I loathe myself. That's why I want to change. All right, let's talk a little bit about freedom. Who doesn't like freedom? And, you know, on the flip side of that conversation, who doesn't think about slavery and just think, man, that is despicable. Slavery is despicable. Well, freedom is nice. And historically, slavery has been a terrible thing. But when we're t- when we're when you're thinking about authentic recovery from an emotional disorder, one thing a lot of people might think is that boy, 
having to live by these laws and principles and structure and all that it just doesn't sound very that sounds kind of like slavery to me it kind of sounds like a damper on my freedom but here's what I wanted to tell you about freedom freedom is relative and it's always going to be relative whether you realize it or not all of us are slaves to something another way to say that is that we are all subject to something so there's a choice that has to be made whenever you're going from an emotionally unhealthy way of thinking and living and trying to make that change over to a healthy way of living and thinking in both cases you are a slave to one thing or the other yeah you're subject to one thing or the other you're either subject to the patterns governing emotional disorder or emotional unhealth all the chaos the pain associated with that or your subject to the principles and laws governing a harmonious approach to life when I work on a car I can say well you know what I don't like being expected to use a certain part for this car I want to be able to use whatever part that I want to replace it with okay I'm free to go out and try it that way I am free to go to the to the auto zone and ask for the part that I want and go back and try to put jam that part into the, my engine and make it work it's not going to I'm going to waste a lot of time and energy the end results even if I do get the thing to work the end result is not going to bring me about bring about the 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 best results right it's not going to operate the way that the part that's supposed to be there and that is designed for that engine is going to work so i'm free to do what i want to do but if i'm smart i won't rebel against the the nature of that engine just because i love my freedom and i don't like being told what to do if i'm smart and I like life to be easy and harmonious and I don't like to and I like to use my time in the most practical ways and my energy what do I do I submit right I subject myself to the rules and the the laws governing that particular engine I just pulled that off the top of my head I think I have some different examples here for what I was trying to say but that's a pretty good example wouldn't you say you want to plant a tree and you look at the the instructions that come with the tree and it says plant this time of year plant in this type of soil plant so that it gets this much sunlight and everything and you say to yourself screw that I don't like anybody telling me what to do what they're doing is they're cutting into my freedom my freedom of choice I should be able to make any choice I should be able to do and make any choice that I want well you can <laughs> nobody's stopping you it's just not smart and it's not going to bring you the right results 
So you've paid for this tree. Why would you plant it in soil that the instructions say it won't thrive in or in a place in your yard where it's not going to thrive in or anywhere where it's just going to die in two months? You see, yes, you are subjecting yourself to a thing, but it's not... And, and so it's no different than slavery in that, in that sense. You are a slave, that is, you are a subject, you're subjected to uh, that way of doing the thing. And yes, it does require you to um, voluntarily give up a certain amount of freedom to just do things however you want. But it's for it's for the best it's for your greatest good so you see what I'm getting at we think we typically think of slavery in the historical sense as being terrible and negative and we think of freedom as being great and positive right but it is important especially if you're like I say going from this emotionally unhealthy life where you know, you've never lived with boundaries. You've never lived in harmony with the laws and principles that govern the universe. And now you're now you're sitting down and you're trying to motivate yourself to to make that change over to becoming emotionally healthy. It might kind of seem like a Debbie Downer, like you're giving up something, or you're subjecting yourself to something. You are subjecting yourself to something. But remember, you're already subjected to something. You're already the slave of something. And when you're working on an emotional algorithm, which is at the root of emotional disorders, you're, there, there's no freedom in that. There's only the illusion of getting to make your own decisions and do things how you want. But you're not really. You know, you're, you're doing things based on on what that algorithm, that emotionally unhealthy algorithm has predetermined for you. You will react this way. You will interpret things this way. You will approach relationships this way. You are a slave. You are a slave to your emotional disorder. So escaping that and going to becoming a slave of an emotional health is a is a pretty darn good exchange. There, it's important to remember that all of us, all of us, without exception, are subject to something. And in fact, we're subject to many somethings. I can't fly across town like Superman. Why not? Because I am subject to the laws governing the universe. I can ignore that. Nobody will stop me. They might try. If they see me on top of my roof about to jump off, some people might try to stop me. But what I'm saying is that it's up to me. I can rebel against anything, right? When we're talking about becoming emotionally healthy, what we're talking about is stop, is ceasing to rebel and work contrary to the natural order of things so instead we're subjecting ourselves we're recognizing 
what the natural order is, what makes the most sense, what will get us the best results with the least amount of effort and energy and time, what will bring us the most harmonious results, and we're doing it that way. All right? But emotional disorders come from people not, not understanding the nuances of the reality that they're living in. So their natural approach to life is disharmonious. They only get disharmonious results. So that it both offer freedom. And both uh, you know offer slavery too. But it's there's no so there's there's choice A and there's choice B, there's no choice C. Like there's no choice where you're not going to be a slave to anything. So it becomes a matter of how smart are you? How wise are you? Which which type of slavery are you going to choose? Which one's going to bring you the best results? Which one is going to make you happy for real, not for pretend or temporarily? So, you know, we think of uh, freedom as being able to do whatever we want. But true freedom, and there is no such thing as that, by the way. There's no such thing as doing whatever we want. There's either doing it in a way that brings us benefits or there's doing it in a way that brings us pain, but there's no such thing as doing things however we want, no matter who you are. So true freedom is freedom from the painful consequences of living enslaved to emotional unhealth. When you're emotionally unhealthy, and we already talked about this a little bit, you enjoy an illusion of freedom, right? You you don't recognize people's boundaries, but boundaries are still there. So what happens? You suffer consequences of ignoring boundaries. By the way, if you want a really nice, <clears throat> simple example of boundaries, of how just boundaries are, in, we're dealing with them all the time, in everyday life all the time. You, you might not recognize that, but it's all the time. Because, you know, when we talk about boundaries here, a lot of times we're talking about them in real complex ways. Like, people are not used to living with boundaries in our household, and now we're going to start living with boundaries. How you go about that and all that stuff. It's very complex. It involves a complex approach and, uh, and all those things. But... That's not the only time that we're dealing with boundaries. We're dealing with boundaries every time we do anything. Every time we interact with any other person, there are boundaries there. If if I go to the Piggly Wiggly to buy some pork and beans, and I'm in the pork and bean aisle, and I walk by a girl standing there, let's say a woman, a woman standing there with her kids and I noticed that she has a nice butt I, I can't just reach my hand out and grab her butt why not why can't I just do what I want to do because of boundaries what will happen if I reach out in the grocery store and grab this woman's butt in the grocery store that I don't know what will happen what, what, it, what will be the consequence of that I'd, I'd get arrested. First of all, I'd probably get a black eye <laughs> or s- slapped in the face. And then I'd get arrested. 
and then I'd probably go to jail. Then I'd have that on my uh, record for forever. Might have to pay you know, thousands of dollars in lawyer fines. What are we talking about? We're talking about boundaries, consequences, the concrete consequences. This is an everyday life thing. It's not just some special arrangement that that people put in place from time to time for specific things. There are boundaries governing the world all the time in small and large ways. So, you know, in the past we've talked about the BBC, the BCCCs of emotional health, boundaries, communication, uh, consequences, and conditions. What would be the condition part? If if she and I make eye contact, and I'm like, hey, hey, and we get to know each other, and then she allows me to grab her butt. I've met the conditions. It's allowed. It's no longer off limits to me, right? So I'm just using that as an example to illustrate how the BCCCs of emotional health are in play everywhere for everything. All the time. Boundaries, conditions, consequences. That's what I say that the unhealthy person has the illusion of total freedom, but none of us, nobody has total freedom. It's, it, it's only an illusion of freedom. You're always a slave or a subject to one thing or the other. Unhealthy people seem to do what they want, how they want, but they, they're not doing what they want, how they want. They don't know what they want because they've never had anything better than what they've got. And they're not free because they're following a program. They're following a program of emotionally unhealthy perceptions and attitudes. So they are slaves to those unhealthy perceptions and attitudes. They cannot do things in a way that deviates from those unhealthy attitudes and perceptions because they don't know anything else. So they are enslaved to that. Why not become enslaved to something that is more harmonious with life, brings you better results? That's that's a that's a pretty nice type of slavery to get into. So true freedom is ex- escape and enslavement to those unhealthy underlying perceptions and attitudes. So we go from being slaves to emotional disorder, emotional chaos, emotional unhealth, and we go to being slaves to healthy laws and principles. And that sort of life, it's such a great trade-off, let me tell you. It's such a great trade-off. But to illustrate it a little bit more, think about the artist, any artist. They work within the confines of a canvas, do they not? Think about Michelangelo painting the Sistine Chapel. That was his canvas, the inside of the Sistine Chapel, right? The, The ceiling and all that. What did he not do? Well, he didn't say, well, listen, this is my artistic expression. I don't like having limits placed upon me. I should be able to just paint how I want. And he just didn't paint the ceiling and then down the walls and then outside the front door and outside the, the left, you know, outer wall of the Sistine Chapel like a graffiti artist. If he had, 
his artwork would not be considered the masterpiece that it is today. Master artists work within confines, within boundaries. Uh, what's this street artist name? Oh, Banksy. You say, well, Banksy, he doesn't obey any laws, and he just does whatever he wants to do. No, he doesn't. He doesn't do whatever he wants to do. He observes and works within the confines of certain artistic principles and laws in order to make the masterpieces that he makes. He doesn't just throw together things without any thought whatsoever. He's making a statement, and in order to make that statement, he has to follow certain confines that will allow that statement to be made in the most effective way possible. And then he doesn't just pick any old place. He usually picks some strategic place to put that, that work of art that will enhance or, let's say, emphasize the message that, that he's trying to make. So he also, even though he, he's, there is the appearance of him being a rebel and things of that nature, you know, break, you know, as a graffiti artist, he's still subjecting himself to very specific laws and principles involving art in order to make his art as effective as it is. Musicians. You think musicians just that we can use any instruments for this. They can be in any key they want. <laughs> they don't have to harmonize with the other instruments and the song can just go on forever and ever. Is that what great musicians do or any musicians of any success whatsoever? Is that how they do it? Nope. They restrain themselves to the laws of music. What sounds complement other sounds? How long should this musical piece be or this pop song? You know, what is a pop song? It's three minutes long. American Pie, I think, runs eight minutes long. And that's that's really straining it. Why didn't Don McLean make American Pie last for three and a half hours? Why did he constrain himself or restrain himself to eight minutes for that song? Because for that song, anything more would have been overkill. So he constrained himself recognizing that the song uh, had to be constrained in order to be effective, in order to be beautiful, in order to work as a song. Pop songs, when you know they, they can't go 10 hours long, no matter how great the melody is, <laughs> they have to be constrained and limited. And so that is something for you to keep in mind as well. Little Braddy's over there having a dream about chasing rabbits. So this this concept of total freedom that a lot of us um, embellish and live with, it's not real. It's nobody has total freedom. We're all subjecting ourselves to limited somethings, um, and that can be either be healthy or it can be unhealthy. Is your choice to decide which one appeals to you the most but I'll tell you uh, that being a slave to the laws and principles of emotional health 
uh, emotionally healthy laws and principles, it, it it saves you from angst. It saves you from lost time, lost energy, from frustration. Let's talk about, to finish up here, we've only got a few more minutes. When is a lie not a lie? This is an important discussion to have because a lot of folks that I talk to, it seems to me like they feel that if they don't share everything, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, Somebody the other day sent me a thing by, I think, I think his name's Robert Jordan. Now, Robert Jordan, is that it? Or is that the author of the, anyway, some internet guy, I think his name's Robert Jordan. And people have been bringing his name up a lot lately in reference to me because I reckon that he and I uh, share a lot of the same conclusions on things and you know I, I've i come across and I've heard a few things he has to say and yeah it does seem like he and I do agree on on the fundamentals of things and I'm kind of hesitant to say that because I don't know what the guy's all about and I could be getting myself in trouble by saying that everybody I don't know what he stands for. Let me just put that disclaimer out there. I don't know what the guy stands for. But the few things that I've heard, I've said, yeah, the guy on the fundamentals of of viewing life, he and I are in agreement on a lot of things. But somebody sent me a meme that he, that he had. It said, when you have something to say, silence is a lie. And now I don't agree with that. I'd just like to put that out there. I don't agree with that. I think that's oversimplified. For example, just because I have something I could say doesn't mean I have to say it. First of all, everything I'm thinking and believing is none of your business. It's my business, and I get to share it with whoever I want. But I'm not obligated to share every thought I have with you and I'm not obligated to share everything I personally believe with you or with anybody. So there's that. The other thing is my privacy as a human being. I don't want people to know every single thing I'm thinking. There are some things that are reserved just for me. So I disagree that if you have something to say, silence is a lie. Um, so... I would like for my audience to at least consider that. That you don't... Here's another thing. Strategy. Right? I'm standing before a judge. And the judge has the authority to put me in jail, to do whatever. I do have... I can say whatever's on my mind. But what if I'm thinking that this judge is an idiot? Is it in my best interest to say what I'm truly thinking in that minute. Uh, Your Honor, I'd just like to... Um, could I'm sorry, Your Honor. Could I interrupt you for a second? Well, I, I just wanted to let you know that as I'm standing here, as you're trying to determine my fate for the next three years, I don't want to be dishonest with you, Judge. I'm sitting here thinking that you're a complete idiot. That's all. That's all I had, Your Honor. I'm going to sit down now. Why would I do that? That's the stupidest. That'd be the stupidest thing in the world. Just because I'm thinking it, 
does not mean it's in my best interest to go farting off at the mouth and telling him something that I don't need to tell him. <clears throat> it's not very strategic. It's not very smart. In that situation and in many other situations that are not as dramatic, you know, I, that's comical and exaggerated, but I'm, I'm saying in everyday life, don't you think it would be wise to, to keep certain things to yourself? Um, when I'm talking to my best friend uh, Lambert or Jeff, and they say things that I just completely disagree with, but I can see that their mind is made up on the thing, and it's a matter of opinion. And if I if I say something that contradicts it, it's just going to make them feel bad, or um, it's just going to start an argument, or it serves no purpose whatsoever. That's a conversation we have to have in a not too future date and it's one I've been hanging on to I'm talking about a cost benefit analysis I'm always making a cost benefit analysis we, we really need to have that conversation so maybe we'll talk about that next week you know so when I'm listening to my friend and he's talking about something and I just think that is the dumbest position on that issue that I could possibly think of but I can see that he's really made up his mind on this and if I, if I throw my two cents into the discussion, it's just going to just cause an argument and, and hard feelings between us. So there's no benefit there. The cost is great for me, and the benefits are zero. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Again, just because I'm thinking a thing, and just because I do, I could say something doesn't mean it's in my best interest to do that. So there's the three reasons why I totally disagree with that meme by this uh, Jordan guy. I, I, sorry, I can't remember his name. but And I, I've seen that quote around the internet quite a bit. But I totally disagree with it. Don't know if he actually said that or not. Don't know if the quote's taken out of context. So I'm not going to blame him. I will blame the meme and say that I don't agree with the meme. But let's go back to this discussion about when a lie is not a lie. When is a lie not a lie? Here's the answer. I'm not going to beat around the bush here. A lie is not a lie when the other party has no right to that information in the first place. That is when a lie is not a lie. So I walk across the street and um, one day and I knock on my neighbor's door and when he comes to the door I say hey are you inside having sex with your wife and he says no get off my porch even if he was inside his house having sex with his wife and even though he did give me an answer that was false this is not lying he did he wasn't lying to me because i have no right to know the private intimate details of his life in the first place i have no authority to even be asking that question in the first place so remember that lying and providing a false answer these are not one and the same thing. 
lying and providing a false answer are not one and the same thing. In order for something to be considered a lie or deceit, the other party has to have a right to that information in the first place. You might say, well, yeah, okay, but shouldn't I just not provide any answer at all in that case? Well, you have to remember that providing no answer at all, in most cases, is the same as providing the real answer to the person who has no right to it. So if I ask my neighbor if he's inside banging his wife and he answers, I'm not telling you that. (laughs) Well, that's the same as if he had just said, yeah, I am. (laughs) So I've got him to provide me information that I have no right to regardless. So providing false information to people who have no business asking a question or knowing certain things is not lying. When is a lie not a lie? When a person has no right to certain information in the first place. So that's true of anything inside of yourself too. You know, Think about um, <clears throat> anything involving your free will, your life as an independent adult free agent. You have total authority over who gets to know intimate, personal, private things about you, including how you really feel um, or what you're really thinking and all these things. So you also have a right to provide false information, which, remember, is not the same thing as lying in the interest of maintaining certain things completely private from others that they have no right to know. So I'm thinking about some of you adults who are maybe living with your parents and your parents might question you about certain things that they have no right to. That they have no right to that could complicate the situation you're in and um, you might feel bad because of some moral consideration uh, for uh, giving them a false answer you know for example like you know if your if your parents are to were to ask you something that's private and personal to you and you say well I would rather not answer that that's one way to handle it but it could create more difficult it could worsen the circumstances that you're already in so knowing that it's not their business to ask that because you're an adult it's just that they don't respect you as an adult but just because they don't respect you as an adult does not mean that you're not and it doesn't mean that your rights your inherent rights just aren't what they are so uh, you know it might be time time to just come up with something well this this is what I was doing and none of their business what are you thinking right now? Well, I'm thinking this, even if you're not really thinking that. Strategic, smart, it's not lying, and um, you have no reason to feel bad about providing false information to people who are asking something to you that you, you are under no obligation to, to answer them one way or the other, or to even give them a, a correct answer one way or the other. So you might find that helpful. Ladies and gentlemen, we're at an hour. By the time I edit this, it might be down to 
59 minutes and 13 seconds, but we'll see. I hope you're having a wonderful week. I'm glad I got this uh, to sit down with you and talk this week. Let me just remind you to run over and subscribe to the YouTube channel and Rumble while you're at it. Subscribe to both. Like I say, if anything ever goes down in YouTube land with censor, you know, the things I talk about, if they were to ever become politicized, then YouTube would just nix, nix the channel. So it's nice to have a backup. Take care of yourselves. Be good. I'm trying to think of something clever to end with. Like I said, my brain has not been working all night long. I'm going to edit this and, and get it out to you and all. Good night. Mm-hmm.